consent to this recording. Thanks for the verbal consent. I also clicked the button. I don't know how much of that is legally binding or not. But, uh, is a click legally binding nowadays, John? Well, yeah, you know, they have to have adapted uh, contract law in, in that way. Like, you know, because like there's DocuSign and things like that that are legal documents, which same thing as a click, right? You know, attaching right. a, a little file, your digital signature and clicking a box is the same as an initialing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, think about it. If you can, if you can accrue credit card debt uh, and all you did was apply online and everything else like that. So it's all clicks and dots and checking shit like that. If they can then, if that's legal debt against you, then then yeah, yeah, that, that counts. Which I'm fucked up. It's but. making me think some of these ancient advanced societies where they say, uh, it's making me think that some of these ancient societies where they say they did all this and they didn't have a written language well maybe they did it was just all digital and uh that's why we don't see it you know that's a good point that's a good point because we have we have a pretty advanced written language that we are not using you know you know as much as much as being currently written like you just twitter alone right is just oh, a yeah. constant super fast uh teletype of creating real data real language real words and not a single single word of it is being carved into stone right you know what i mean they're like you, you would think like if i ran twitter if i was the boss of twitter i would pick literally one historical tweet of every day and carve it in stone like the daily the daily tweet for for the ancients and uh what if what if thousands of years from now, uh, some advanced society finds a copy of this podcast or just this episode and is somehow able to decipher it and listen to it? What does that say about society that you and I are talking about right now and sharing? Good point. It's a good point. You know, are you, we saying like... anything that would be carved into stone? That's the question. Well, we'll find out. We've got about another 45 minutes to uh, to try to say something worthy of the ancients, right? I mean, if we want to get into the archive, we have to we have, we have to come with it. I mean, I guess that's the difference between, uh, well, hey, I love going back to things we've talked about before, Tom. Remember, we were talking about the, uh, um, the, the test of uh, neutrons or whatever, when they're being observed, they act oh, like yeah. a wave, and when they're not, they act like a particle or the other way around or something like that. Yeah. This is the, do you think if you're a, a distant civilization, would you rather tell, yeah, would you want to know the, the would, do you want to see their demo tape that they made to show you, or do you want a random core sample of what they're really like? You know what I'm saying? Do you want to, do you want their obvious highlight reel that they're going to give you like, hi, we're Earth, we're humans, it's approximately this many sun years, whatever the fuck. Or do you want to just dip in and and, and watch like uh, a show from Bravo to really want, know what humans are like? I want to experience them live what they really, I don't want to hear their children's choir sing their best songs. Hmm. That's not them. That's not us. That's what we do, though. That's what we put forward, right? Well, I don't blame you. Shit, we don't even want to do it to that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. Joining me is my co-host, co-partner. Uh, my wife calls him my husband, uh, Tommy Drake, joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the planets have aligned. Uh, the, the stars are in conjunction so that we are uh, both at home with moderately good Wi-Fi. And uh, we're cranking out some episodes while we can. Uh, uh, Tommy, how you doing, man? How you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I I feel, dare I say, not that I'm getting back to normal, but that I'm getting back into uh, a routine uh, that isn't, you know, driving me insane. So that's yeah. that's good. You're creating your new normal. Yes, yes. You're acclimating to your new cage, as it were. Yeah. Boy, I don't I don't like that that new normal phrase, but I get it. <laughs> I mean, we need something that means that. You know, I don't know if there's another word that means we need, yeah. There, no, I'm, I guarantee you okay, there, this there's is, probably a 20-letter German word that states it exactly. You I mean oh Del Falto Endelschang. 
Oh Thank yeah, you. yeah, it's totally yeah. Time to get used to Del Fultal Emulsion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know what you're saying the new normal is starting to feel a little goopy. It's starting to feel a little live, laugh, lovey, you know. Right. Well, there every 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 now and then, but I, you tack you tack new on a phrase and it dates it, right? Like uh, like uh, like mods in the '60s, right? They were they were the they were the modern children, but they're you know from the '60s, so the modern children are part of fashion history, you know. Yeah. So the new normal is going to be old real quick. What's the term for when, when the world changes and never is never going to change back? We need to come up with a better term than new. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of those. Um, oh, what do you call that? Like the cranks that click in place. Like let's say yes. you're, uh, yeah. like if you're uh, the ones like when you're cranking a boat back onto the trailer. Yeah, or and it goes or, in one way but doesn't go the other. Or so it's valve. like a, yeah, yeah, but it only goes one direction. Yeah, right. So it's like a once once you you feel like we just made that click in the gear that click. So, no, no, I can't go back beyond that point now. <laughs> it's only to the next kick. Oh, there, 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 there we are. Now we're tighter. Yeah. Well, it's like an epoch change, right? It's like. Um, you could uh, call it, you could almost call it evolution. Evolution doesn't go backwards either, right? Yeah, I don't know if evolution ever drove through Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> I didn't mean uh, necessarily Darwin's evolution. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. meant the word evolution, right? That is true the new normal you can't necessarily say that time one of the things we talk about is uh lost technology right oh yeah oh, so yeah. if some of the things we've talked about like in the millions of years of uh the human monkey running around the planet earth as we know it in in different society hell even going back to we talk about you could add uh, a, a dinosaur reptilian that uh that adapted and evolved and had Absolutely. technology or and took off and left there's a huge argument for a bird person as well. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. Bird people. Oh, yeah. Bird people would be great. Oh, man. I love, I hope they're, I hope they're bird people. Anyway, uh, so that, I guess when they leave behind, they, they haven't left their amazing technology and to start over from scratch again. So in, in that way, technological uh, evolution can go backwards. And the old saying about, you know, I hate to bring up the, the sore topic of impending World War III. But what's the, uh, the 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 quote about World War? I don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones, right? Yeah, exactly. The Same kind of thing. So you can go backwards after calamity, right? And that's the phrase. You know, we'll, we're going to bomb you into the Stone Age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you and I don't have, we don't have the tech to rebuild, say, the electric infrastructure, right? Right. So we'd still be we'd still be living in our houses, but we'd be lighting a lot more fires, you know. Well, okay, like a common trope in zombie movies, right? When society collapses and everyone has to adapt and they go feral, basically. So you're still in the shell of past society, but you know, now your your Keurig is useless and right. uh, you have a campfire in your front yard. Right. You know what I mean? You're learning how to build a trebuchet out of a, your trampoline. <laughs> you know you're kind of retrofitting right yeah you, and you may have people who are you could have in in your particular survivor group in your new tribe you can have nuclear scientists but without the materials and the uh, uh material uh, and the uh equipment to make it happen fucking grab a grab a wrench and help me build this trebuchet doctor yeah exactly exactly now what what can we do what can we do to help the uh the zombie folks like what can we what can we bury what what do we leave for them what do you you know how do you okay. prepare for that you, you know it's it's uh you know how do you how do you prepare for uh part of society surviving and the infrastructure not you're you're basically thinking about leaving something durable for posterity right or something helpful helpful know? even yeah okay. but durable yeah absolutely you know well it's funny is what you're talking about is probably what the pyramids are and we just don't know how to turn them on more than likely <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> more than you're talking about leaving something useful behind there we're gonna have aliens that show up in about 150 years or something like that they'd be like what are you talking about they left you this badass permanent <laughs> energy generator right here and you guys haven't even 
Well, here, watch. We'll show you. Oh, shit. Look, it starts glowing. You're like, oh, damn. My bad. So, yeah, what, what could you do that would even, I mean, hell, are you going to leave a, a, a fission reactor that they can right. turn on? Right. Gonna, what, 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 could it, what could it even be that right. would be useful? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. That's the question. I don't know. What if you, okay, oh, I, I got I an idea. I'll tell you, there, there are some things that I think are, that I think are super useful. There's, uh, there's uh, uh, solar panels that, uh, that charge that light up at night. So uh, a night light is pretty important in the post. Uh, a night light that isn't a fire is pretty important, I think. That's a good idea. You know, that's a good idea. Engineering challenge to build something like that that would work for thousands of years, right? Yeah. Left behind, right? Yeah. Uh, but a, a good idea. That's a cool idea. And it's like, ooh, and I like the idea that it's thinking about like, how would you leave something for a child? Because those who come behind you would be your societal children, right? So right. a nightlight. Don't be scared of the dark, little scared monkeys. Everything's going to be fine. And this was left forest there's a huge brilliant tunneling cave system all over the planet that's pretty temperature controlled it protects okay. you from the elements you know it's basically a ancient bomb shelter you know but there's there's a lot of that that's pretty useful if you could find the caves you have a good chance of surviving the zombie apocalypse you know? that's a good idea that's a real good idea that would be durable ish right outside of any other well, there are, there are there are there are caves that were carved out thousands of years ago that are still, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, but now comfortable sixty one degrees year round. Uh, you know, when, but that's when you needed a thousand slaves for ten years to dig out something the size of a mobile home, for right. Christ's sake. Now, modern technology, you could build cathedrals underground in the bedrock that would be durable and findable, and it would be able to like, oh shit. We stumbled across this. Look at all this information that's here. And I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but I kind of believe we have. I kind of believe that our governments have built cathedrals underground and they're there. They're just not easily accessible. Right? And well, you don't stumble across it easily when it's under five miles of bedrock or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's hard to, you, yeah, you don't just happen upon it. It's not like the fucking catacombs. It's far far deeper than that that's a good idea you know and, and there are a lot of conspiracy theories about things like that and and it the longer you go the more it stands to reason like yeah there probably is i would you look at one of the ways they're talking about if you're going to settle on mars you're not going to build fucking tent cities on top you're going to under underground yeah. yeah you're gonna you're gonna build tunnel cities and shit like that because it'll shield you from the radiation and all that other stuff and it's the best way to control the environment and and things like that so you kind of the more you when you see that that's the answer to the future you see that was probably the solution in the past yeah and if there uh, uh, if there was a tunnel system that looks like it was man-made on mars nobody would be surprised not at all and an easy nope. thing to leave right that's a good that's like a leaving your ant farm behind if it was inhabited we'd be surprised but if, yeah. it, if it wasn't uh if it was just there and it looks like it was millions of years old yeah the ruins would you call that ruins uh yeah yeah i think i think anything any evidence that's left that you need to decipher that isn't fully explained is a ruin i think that's cool i think um so you would leave, that, you would make your own ruins then yes yes that's and that's the question what are we leaving behind right say uh say whatever's happening escalates and there's a everybody just hits all the buttons right mm -hmm. Uh, full-on nuclear zap yeah, right that that dusts most of our structures okay and then the following nuclear winter will bury everything that's left in layers and layers of soot right and then thousands of years from now when stuff starts growing out of that soot again it just turns into dirt and all the evidence of us is a mile below, you know, packed mm -hmm. dirt and soot. So we, we left nothing. What we <laughs> did leave, what I wanted to bring up, we talked about this in a previous episode. We left a, a digital library on the moon. 
because we figure even if we mess up our planet, the moon's probably still going to be here. Yeah. And that's a good hiding place, right? The moon is disaster proof. I mean, it's just a rock in space. It's only important to us because it's close. It really is. If some shit went down, it would just basically maybe cracked in half. Who fucking cares? It's the moon, right? Right. It's a big rock in space. Right. Um, but it's also a good it's also a good hiding place, which is making me think if we had the the ability to search the moon, we, we might find something that was left there previously for us. Oh, I right? believe that. I definitely yeah. believe that. That's uh, that's video game uh, lore right there. Anytime oh, you yeah. get to the next level, there's obviously going to be a fucking wizard with a key or some shit. Right. right? And I feel like that there's somewhere on the moon. It's congratulations. You've made it to the moon. Here's. Right. Here's nope. some information. Here's some vibranium. <laughs> don't, don't make a frisbee out of it, you idiots. We saw that movie too, right? <laughs> and I got to think, because I remember you talking to me about this idea, and you you said something that got me going was that uh, why haven't we searched the moon yet? And I'm like, there's no way they haven't. Oh, they have, and I'm sure that they might have already found something. There's got to be files at NASA or or any of them. Where they at this point have fully, fully mapped and scanned digitally down to the dirt level every inch of the moon, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, how would you not? Well, they must. They must have. It's just not that far away. You could freaking do it with a drone now. You can see half of it from here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And there's enough people with badass equipment, technology. Once again, giant technological leaps with you know high-powered personal consumer-level cameras that you can see. Like you can see the, the the landing spot. If you can see detail enough to see the landing spot, then yeah. you yeah. can methodically look at every square inch of. of and moon. you can hack uh, you can hack into satellites that are between here and the moon, and satellites that are past the moon to see the other side of it. You know, so there's there's access. You're right. There's access to the whole photo image of the whole surface. That's you know I think about Tommy. We always talk about technological advances, uh, like keeping truths being uh, unable to be hidden any longer, right? Because they, be, they become right. in plain sight. This is a great example of that. If there was some sort of even small structure on the moon that that to regular naked eye or even good glass uh, 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 telescopes, up, up until uh, you know 50 years ago you wouldn't have been able to see it but now if all of a sudden everyone's got badass super digital shit and can look at it and there's enough stuff and enough different groups of nations entities that are going to the moon again like there's a big square structure that china saw that they're going to explore and see right so if if at some point everyone can see it then you're gonna have to kind of deal with it yeah, and the uh, the main theory on the big square structure is that it's a food court. Yeah, I, I believe that. That's the main theory. It looks like the, um, when I first saw the pictures of it, and it's not much more than just a digitized square off in the distance, which, point for simulation. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's basically a burnt, unrendered pixel. Yeah, it's a burnt <laughs> pixel. That's what that is. They're going to... We're gonna get there and it's just gonna be a one and a zero flittering back and forth and oh we got to, didn't they hit the side of it and it just goes back to flat uh, moon again but it looks like uh where the new orleans pelicans uh play basketball in downtown ah. uh, new orleans it looks like the new orleans basketball arena the right. smoothie king arena i believe it is yeah it looks might... like a prison looks like a big block prison it's the most boring looking anyway yeah now, uh, the other hiding places we talked about, hmm. we already got something on the moon, which I think is great because I think thousands of years from now, advanced society might look for something on the moon or might find our planet and think, I bet they hid something up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got uh, the poles. So I think I would bury some, if I wanted to know exactly where it was, I would bury something under the poles. But the poles on earth have shifted through the right. years. Mm-hmm. It takes some thousands of years to shift, but we know where the previous poles were. I think we need to be digging where the previous poles were. That's a good there's, idea. There's nobody digging in Greenland, right? Greenland was the North Pole. It's impossible to dig in currently. Right. Right. Yeah. But I yeah. bet there's some. I bet. You, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. And I think we're about to. I think we're about to stumble across the greatest time capsule and uh, uh, mystery ever. 
under the ice in Antarctica. I think everything you're talking about, we're about to see just laid out in the open. Oh yeah. When that, when that motherfucker thaws out. Right. Or, or as we start to get those technological leaps where they're able to see under the ice and explore under the ice and, you know, LIDAR and shit like that. So yeah, I, I think everything you're looking for is at the bottom of this planet right now. But Antarctica is also under the ice is a great place to hide something because you need a certain level of technological advancement that we're barely getting to, to get to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's protected from just, you know, being found by a monkey and destroyed. Right. Right. You need to be super, you need to be pretty, pretty smart and pretty advanced to get to it successfully and survive. Yeah. And you know, a mile thick of, uh, of ice water (laughs) is a pretty good protection. Oh, yeah. in the global uh, intergalactic uh, uh, perspective. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the uh, hotel safe of the planet. Right? It really is. You know what? And it is, it, it, it's not completely uh, permanent. It's not completely impervious. You know, it's not like you're burying it in a mile deep of titanium. Right. You're, yeah, it, no, it, you can actually get to it. Yeah, and in a certain amount of time, it would fall apart. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the right amount of protection and access. Yeah, yeah, that's a trip, dude. You know, um, I like what you're talking about. I like what you're thinking. Uh, as a comic and as a writer, one of my first things, though, that I think about when I'm like, what would you leave behind? Or how you're, you're talking more about the the material way. How would you leave something behind that would last? Right. Like, yeah. Like, how, how would you put it? Where would you hide it so that someone would find it? My thinking is, well, do I have anything to say that is worth telling someone or something? Many thousand. <laughs> like, OK, once it, 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 if we go through your thing, we, we figure out the plan and here's where we're going to put it. And here's what it's going to be. Uh, then I'm like, well, shit what do i say (laughs) what's the information worth passing here's the example we're desperate for a message from the past right i like if you're if you were looking through old boxes and you found a a, you know a letter from a great grandparent to to you that'd be pretty exciting a letter from somebody who's died you know that's a message directly to you and what would be in that letter you know more than likely, if you're writing a letter to a grandkid or you're writing a letter to a baby that's born, you're telling them, oh, you know, the world's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, you're going to have a wonderful life. Love is important. You know, it's important to be creative. It's important to make music. It's important to dance. Right. So maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just, a, you know, we're aware of the human condition, but stay positive. Maybe it's just a little motivational speech. Like or, that. That's or, useful. Maybe it's the damn instructions to turn on the pyramids. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it's one or the other. Yeah, it's either something motivational or something now actually useful. Enjoy this technical manual. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like total recall, right? It's like, uh, hey, you know, it'd be nice to each other, hydrate, take time to smell the roses, but you need to activate the reactor and put the fingers <laughs> right. like that. Right. Hit this button if you want to create an atmosphere on Mars. Yeah, right. Uh, that's totally funny. Yeah. Oh, all but, right. But then again, I mean, is there a piece of technology that we can leave that would be, you know, groundbreaking? There's the there's that argument that the microprocessor, right, the little mm-hmm. computer chip, was somehow wasn't wasn't invented. It was somehow found in the late '40s, early '50s. People say it crashed with Roswell or something. We're using right. vacuum tubes before that, right? Right. Now, would just uh, would just leaving, you know, a microprocessor be enough to stimulate an advanced society that maybe hadn't discovered it yet to discover it and know what it's for? You know, that's a I think it's a great idea. And there's probably futurists who have the exact plan of how you would lay it out. It's uh, very similar to uh, when they sent the gold record out. Right. They figured exactly. Exactly. that it would be that uh, and someone intelligent enough to find it would be intelligent enough to examine it and see that, oh, draw a thing around the thing. And OK, yeah, I got it. Right. So same thing. If you left some sort of self-contained, self-powered. Like a server really is what you're talking about, not just so much just the chip itself, but you'd have to if you could leave something that was that even had the display in it, like so obvious, like a touch screen that would turn on when you touched it. Yeah, or you know what? Something like the Tesseract in in uh, Marvel, right? Some sort of glowing, powerful thing that's going to last forever. And they discover it, and they 
move near it and all of a sudden fring, it pops up and you know i'm glad but, you brought up the voyager you know i talk about the uh the voyager gold record on on stage now sometimes mm-hmm. oh i love that bit love it yeah and uh you know the fir- the first image on there uh if you know if they can if they can decipher it is is a perfect circle right mm-hmm. and the reason why they thought the perfect circle would be a good thing was because it it expresses it expresses a lot of things first of all it's a representation of a star it's a representation of a planet representation of a black hole but it also suggests that we know math it suggests that we know pi that we understand mathematics uh you know but the fact that it's imprinted on a gold record on a satellite that was built to send images back home means we don't have to tell them that we know a perfect it's like saying you know the guys that built the pyramids didn't have the wheel of course they know about the circle they built this thing yeah you know? they made this gold record you know how of course they know about the circle so it's kind of funny to me that we still have to we we're still <laughs> communicating as if you know mathematically that's the only language as if as if there might be it might be children that find it right i it almost seems like a uh what do you call it a customary ritual a little right? bit like it's a um uh natives dance that they do upon meeting someone new it's like i'm going to show you that i knew the basic moves first and we'll start <laughs> from there right so it's like uh um and it probably comes from how we encountered civilizations on earth as we were exploring right when you walk up and it's a new island full of people and you got to go yes i too like fire you (laughs) have fire we are fire brothers yes <laughs> even though i'm on a boat you're you got boats you know click, right. we can start we're not gonna start talking about boats first we're gonna everything so i i, I can see the okay. importance the of starting sense, in which, the universe yeah yeah in the universe the circle is the the shared thing like we have circles too <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we yes it's cool how there's other round huh yeah it is very <laughs> So we're looking for common ground is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you think about it, let, let's say like, we'd like to think that we shot Voyager out and that someday, just like the, the Star Trek movie, it's going to be found by glowing holy angel beings and it's going to be worshiped and like, it's going to go straight to the high council of the, the other planet. And they're going to go, Oh, we have found a brother planet. You know, we think it's going to be some, but more likely it'd be a, just a, um, uh, just a patrol who just stumbles, you know, you know, two guys like in the next wing. Uh, yeah, we found an interesting little piece of space trash here. We're going to bring it in. <laughs> uh, describe it. Well, I don't know. It's like a kite with a, it's got a circle and a naked dude on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there's, I think, you know, that, well, that I think is a more likely scenario. Here's another scenario for you, Johnny. Uh, let's say Voyager, it'd be, I get, I don't know, 50,000 years from now, crashes into a planet that's around a star in the Sirius system, right? Mm. Which means it would, a planet that has an atmosphere that has intelligent life, right? Which means it would come in like a meteor, glow a little bit, burn up a little bit, crash, Mm. make a crater, right? Some farmer on the Sirius planet finds it and then gets a visit from his government and it all gets covered up. We might have just sent something out for somebody else to lie about not finding. And that would be that would be a, kind of a beautiful story, you know, how perfect. You know, and the, and there they are on that same planet wondering if they're alone, right? The, and they're convincing the farmer that it was a weather balloon. Yeah. Well, I think that would be that explains why you would put the indestructible message on it. Because you said it comes in all the stuff that's advanced technology could burn off into nothingness or whatever. Right. And then just gets down to where at the bottom of that crater or wherever is in this farmer's serious farmer's field, he finds a gold thing with a circle on it. And he's like, well, that's obviously not occurring naturally. That's made by something. Right. So maybe that's the idea, right? Right, right. It's enough that they know. Because that's all we're saying, right? All we're saying is, hi basically we're here and then our gold records like we're fucking like we're emi like we're billboard (laughs) 
You know, Kid Rock probably has eight of those. <laughs> Voyager only had one. <laughs> I guess there's two Voyagers. Yeah, there are two Voyagers. So there's two okay. gold records, actually. So <laughs> two, two copies. That's oh, it's like, like NXS. Basically. Two gold records. <laughs> Earth is a two-hit wonder. Earth is a two-hit wonder. <laughs> Phil Spector produced it too, which is you thought there'd have been more. <laughs> yeah, you know Johnny B. Good's on there. Uh, is it? Yeah, the song Johnny B. Good is on there. Well, I, I feel as a John, I feel like I'm intergalactically represented here. Yeah. Now, would you uh, would you think you're advanced enough? You fully deciphered. You got everything off that disc. You get that we're a planet. You get that it was thousands of years ago we sent this thing out. If you listen to Johnny B. Good, would you say, and apparently they worship this musical prodigy as some sort of God? <laughs> yeah, would you I think would... it was a religious song, or would you know that it's just a story about a kid that plays guitar? Think about you're the you're the ambassador of the Sirius planet, and your father was a farmer who found the gold record in the field. And now you are here on Earth to have the great meeting at the UN. And you're talking about how the circle brought us together and uh, uh, we're going to exchange all this information. And now if you'll excuse me, can someone please take me down to Louisiana down by New Orleans? <laughs> I need to meet this man who's played the guitar like you've never seen. Exactly. Take me to the legend of Johnny B. Good. Right. <laughs> you or know, would they know it's entertainment, you know, you know, well, yeah, they... you know, there's an argument to put like a movie like, uh, uh, uh what's a what's a what's a good example um like the wizard of oz there's an argument that the wizard of oz should be in a time capsule right because it's just this beautiful piece of art it represents you know groundbreaking color film and it's a but it's a it's a musical and it's a completely made up story but it's also something that we're really proud of something artistically that we've created mm -hmm. would it be recognized as art if it was found even on this planet twenty thousand years from now by a by a new post-apocalyptic society would it be recognized as art and a story or would it would they assume that because it's preserved that because we left it that it was religious fact that there was really a dorothy oh, would there would be would there be dorothians would there be uh dorothians you know, would, yeah would there, would there be a whole religion oh man yeah yeah it's a good point yeah it needs some sort of oh you got to put the, the the comedy tragedy mask on the on the wall so that they know that it's a uh, this is a play this is just a right. joke based on same with nothing wars. same with star wars same with you know it's right. set up like mythology and it could be uh -huh. mistaken. you know the wizard of oz is very much like a bible story. oh that's funny out of context yeah why wouldn't you and, and in that context if you look at like the all the stuff that's on the, the the walls of the tombs and shit like that in egypt what if instead of this is the real story this is like this is his favorite story about the bird people from space we used to tell him that when he was a kid and Oh man, it was one of our one of our number one fictional stories we told here is about the the bird people in the turtle ship. That's exactly where I was headed. Yeah, that's funny. Exactly where I was headed. You'd hide the books, right? Say, uh, say our society gets taken over by the aliens, right? Yeah, you, you hide the books. You don't want them to take the books, right? So you hide the books, the fictional books, but you hide them. Right. Because the books, if you if if your kids read the books, they learn how to be good people. Mm -hmm. um, so the stories are important, whether they're real or not. So there's this assumption in archaeology that everything we find must have been for worship and must have been for religion. Yes, it's, it's, clearly, that's the only th only reason anyone would have wrote anything down. It was so important that they had to carve it in stone for. Yeah, the, de the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, were just some there were there were some guys hiding some scrolls that they didn't want to get stolen and burned. <laughs> Oh, my scrolls. Yeah, exactly. Don't want my <laughs> scrolls to get stolen and burned. So I'm hiding them in a jar. Oh, shit. The Visigoths are coming. My scrolls. My scrolls. <laughs> I need my scrolls. But the ones the ones that got hidden. Yeah, it's fucking Playboys. Like we, you just find them hidden much. in the woods. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't mean that they were, you know, it doesn't mean that they were true. It doesn't mean that they were, uh, you know, that, that they were they were believed. They were just important. The stories are important. The fictional stories are important. So uh, you got to wonder, you know, if everything that we find, everything that's carved in stone wasn't, you know, just about kind of go the other way. I hope when shit goes down and this all gets covered in 
a foot of uh, ice and stone and soot. And 20,000 years from now, when that serious farmers expeditionary uh, group gets here and finds earth, I hope that they, they find like a, a server that has all of Netflix on it. Uh, I hope they find Pornhub. I hope they find um, uh, some sort of World of Warcraft uh, uh, message board. And I hope that they think that it is all canon. I hope that they think that (laughs) I want them to think that Star Wars was true. And this is the story of this planet. This this must be Naboo. (laughs) A hedonistic warring society obviously <laughs> of, of they would all they would spend their days and nights rutting with each other and <laughs> exploring each other's holes with their orifices and you know i want them to watch seinfeld and friends and think that those are holy script you know that this is that that's what i want i would rather i if i get to because the real history of earth kind of sucks man we 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 kind of suck. Let's just be honest about it. And if I could throw away the truth and and replace it with our our art, I would I would I would hit that button, Tom. I really would. Well, maybe that's what maybe that's what art is, right? It's us okay. writing the uh, a better version of our history, uh, either a more interesting or a more positive version. I like that. But I think we're getting towards, since we're talking about history and talking about the future, we're getting towards something important that I know you want to talk about. Uh, well, I said it there just for a second, is that uh, for the most part, and this is what I think people lose track of, because we try to stay positive, right? When you're going to be alive and you're stuck on a rock, you want to be positive about it, right? <laughs> but the history of Earth as we know it, the Anthropocene era, the modern age of man, right. our, our recorded history... The blip, our, our blip of 4,500 years, basically. Yeah, right. Uh, filled with pain, agony, misjustice, it's war, uh, just overall, the, the, the big story, 80% of the information about the history of mankind is, is shitty. Right. It's pretty bad. It's pretty shitty. Uh, the only thing that really seems to ad- advance our technology is more shittiness, is war and you know, power and uh, the pursuit of gold and just, you know, it's right. I mean, there's 20% of, you know, Buddhist and Tibet and monks and shit and happiness and love and rainbows. But even those are in a back backdrop of shit, right? You know I mean? It's it, it, it the history of earth is, is almost like the Southern wedding. It's super beautiful and pretty, but it's at a plantation, which is uh, basically dripping with uh, (laughs) uh, blood and horrible karma, right? So it's important to remember that. And I I, I promise you, I'm I'm going positive here, okay? I'd rather light a match than curse your darkness, my brother. (laughs) Because I I said this in in about two or three episodes ago, my thing it is important to remember going forward is that things have never been better than right now that's true and that's not necessarily a a glowing optimistic look i'm just saying things have been so shitty for so long that even though you think things are horrible now and everyone does and it's the it's the it's the common tale told in in modern life for a thousand years everyone thinks that their time is the time of the end of the world everyone thinks that the time that they live in now is the worst it's ever been but in fact it's actually moving forward and progressing the thing is that you know more about the shittiness that is occurring. The speed of information, the information age that we live in now is positively changing our world in a way that hurts and sucks and is painful for us. And you won't even see the positive effects of it in your life. Your grandchildren might. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it'll be before the grandchildren. I think your children will see it. Well, that's good. I hope. And they'll I see hope. it in a way that you and I never understand. Yes. Yes. And I say that in in, in keeping in mind all of uh, of the historical and current racial misjustice, uh, uh, political, everything crazy about politics now uh, has been this way for a while. (laughs) It's been worse. It's been better. Uh, Well, what's what's brought it to light is the access to information. Yeah. Everything is local now. Yeah. You know, it used to be that you only heard about or cared about the things that you saw about or that were within a day's ride of you. 
Now, things that happen on the other side of the earth are, are just as hot on the top of your, your, your timeline as things that happen in your own neighborhood. Right. The whole planet's the whole planet's local. Everybody's local now. But why I say things have never been better is even though this is tumultuous as fuck, even though that this is scary times to live in, uh, it's getting better. The okay. fact like, OK, for, for example, let's talk about the current situation with Ukraine and Russia. <laughs> OK. Okay, <laughs> which I got a, a, a funny thing about that. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. One giant superpower is making a giant violent power play over their neighbor and trying to forcibly and aggressively uh, invade and take them and just, you know, it, it's a just straight up robbery. They're trying to steal a country that is larger than Texas, right? And many, many years ago, things like that would just sort of, you wouldn't hear about it on a minute by minute live on tv live on twitter um pace yeah oh, hold on a second uh sarah's asking me if i want a burger and my text response is yes yes you oh. did yeah why did she <laughs> have to ask does she See? even know you what the yeah. hell you know things have never been better <laughs> right, what was i saying okay yeah so uh everyone the world would just sort of be uh a week later you'd get updates from the front and things would happen and you wouldn't know about it. And all you would hear is sort of the, the whitewashed after effects and just sort of you just be informed of what happened. And your opinion about it is by no means uh, relevant. Um, yeah. And whether or not you and your neighborhood or you and your local government, whether your your nation itself gave a shit didn't matter. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't even find out about something until it was too late to stop it or whatever. But now you can see how fast everyone uh, is fighting against it is rallying, speaking up against it. Yeah. So yes, it is bad that a superpower is invading a, 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 a sovereign nation next door to it. Uh, but the positive is, is you can look around and see, oh my God, more people are civilized than I thought. More people share the same feeling about me, about this horrible injustice. Look, yeah. look how people over there People in Korea are speaking up. People in Australia are speaking up. People in Croatia. Hey, what's up, Croatia? Shit, I didn't even thought about you guys. Oh, yeah? Y'all are turning that up? That's awesome. Cool. Uh, so you're getting communication tendrils created. You're getting um, uh, empathetic connections from people right. all over. Right. So see what I'm saying? It's like the uh, even, oh, and I always say the same thing about whenever horrible uh, racist things hit the news. I'm like, yeah, that event in and of itself sucks. But the positive here is millions of people see it, observe it, and communicate with each other that how, how they feel about it. That's something that has never happened before. So every time that happens, that splash reaches more people. That wave hits more people. And the fact that people are even having the discussions to improve it is something that has never happened in history. You know, the fact that we're even seeing it and, and, and talking about it, it may currently suck. But the, the overall positive optimistic look at it is that, oh, well, we're going to fix it. It's not fixed yet, but we're talking about it and we're going to hammer some shit out. We're going to have arguments and we're going to reach a consensus. And then it's going to it's not going to be taboo for us to talk about it. All these things that were are, are being discussed. So I think that the motion of of information, the communication. Uh, is 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 going to move societal ills and issues at an exponential rate and it, that will not be comfortable no of course not i the common enemy of of covid did not bring us all together will the common enemy of war will the common enemy of like uh putin going off his rocker bring just americans together can we all agree to root against russia <laughs> working on that you know but you but you're right do you need a bigger enemy i mean there's a there's a funny thing with texas where we're where we're, where we live generally houston and dallas don't necessarily like each other but if you get a guy from houston and a guy from dallas and you drop them in europe they run into each other at the airport they're best friends right yeah, yeah right so uh but even is that, that is in opposed to someone else. Uh, uh, just to kind of go with where you're going, there still I, I, needs to be an enemy. Yeah. Well, enemy. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a problem. You, you'd you'd think that a take away enemy out of it because enemy inquires or 
a, a, a good side and a bad side, right? Oh, and that's historically accurate. Adversary, let's say Adver adversary. Adversary, right. Or a uh, problem, just a societal ill, a something, a big issue. At best, it splits us in half, right? Right. It can coalesce one side against another side. So they're, they're very skilled at always getting a 50-50 pie, right? It just depends where you cut. You can always split the, the populace 50-50 against each other if you if you cut the pie in the right place. Um, what we need is something external even. But it's no longer a domestic, uh, by that I mean on our planet, you know, <laughs> earthling-based problem. But once we have the big glowing ball in the sky that scares the fuck out of us, then, then will we be one people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh and even then, it was still it's, it's us against them. So we need something that, that gets everything together without an external something to rally against. War of the I got a little confusing there. War of the Worlds was a brilliant story, right? But it would have been more brilliant if the whole. I mean, there you can argue that a convincing fake alien invasion might be the only move to bring a country or a planet together. <laughs> That's, right. That's very funny that you say that because there is a school of thought on if there was what looked like an alien invasion, the Occam's razor would would say that this is it would most likely be a fake done by yeah, right, more, more than likely. But there's a really good reason to fake it. Yeah, it's to get people to start, you know, to start working together, to get people to help each other out. You know, there's a really there's a really good reason to fake an alien invasion right now. <laughs> That's a great line. And, uh, you know, when we start talking, I never would have like, at some point we're going to say, this is a really good time to fake an alien invasion. It's the perfect time. Are you kidding me? It is the perfect time. And, and is it possible? Absolutely. And the reason why it's possible is because if there was a real alien invasion, a huge part of society would be convinced that it was fake. So if you're actually making a fake one, and they say it's fake and you say you're absolutely right it's fake then they're going to believe it's real <laughs> because the fact that a certain aspect of society doesn't believe in something makes me believe that it's real mm -hmm. that's funny that's funny i like it i like it uh another good talk we had today tom i think so Jim. what's your what's your what's your final swing thought on the topic of that like where do you where do you land after that because i feel like uh well, I, I do like a round of emotional golf. I do like how you turned it positive, even while talking about the, is it a conflict that we're talking about in Europe? <laughs> and you're going to see, you're going to see the Russian border on your little trip coming up. Uh, I just showed Kennison that my daughter, I was looking at the map and I was like, well, here, look, my, my tour starts in uh, Budapest. So I'll be in Budapest on March 10th. Mm -hmm. And I showed her the map and I was like, how far do you think that is from that right there? The border of Ukraine. She's like, I don't know. What was that about a thousand miles? I was like, girl, that's like 120 miles. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, it's closer than it is to, to Dallas from here. And uh, uh word of warning in Budapest, 120 miles is a 45 minute drive. Be careful. Oh yeah. Is local. Holy shit. They are crazy. The first time I went to Germany, uh, I got scared to death in the backseat of a rickety ass Mercury Tracer yeah. going about 130 yeah. and, and on a steady left bank the entire way. Like it wasn't, it was never a straight line on these Autobahns. You're just always getting pulled to the, like, it's like a long banking turn. Oh, this fucking guys are crazy. At that speed, the Tracer actually leaves a trace. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe they have that and high speed trains. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, where do you guys, you don't have any fucking surface streets where I can go slow? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Where do y'all back roads where y'all burn doobies? What do y'all do? It made me, it made me love American drivers. It made me love Houston drivers. I'm like, you guys are great. I don't, I don't even, <laughs> are great. I don't even care that I'm parked on the freeway right now. As long as I'm <laughs> not going 180 miles. <laughs> oh shit. I was laughing. I don't know. Did I mention this in the, the what they refer to? Uh, we did a call with the uh, the people about the tour that we're going on, right? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. And I don't and, know. And you know, well, there's a couple people that listen in on that call that never say anything. This is a oh, couple. I'm sure. 
Yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. I feel like that on just regular normal phone calls, much less one <laughs> with an actual employee of the Department of Defense. Um, but I never know what to call. Like, like I've even said it on this show a couple of times, like the Russia Ukraine attack, the the activity. What what's and uh they referred to it in the meeting. And this I love I love language. I love the way they use it. Um they said I, I asked the question like, so should we be worried or is there any chance of this getting canceled? And they're like, well, as with all things, you know, uh real world events sometimes dictate <laughs> schedule changes. And I just loved the turn of phrase, the sanitation of it. Real world events. Real world events. That's wow. what they that's what they refer to military uh action in a mild way just you know real world events actual you know lead projectiles <laughs> <laughs> non-digital occurrences real world events yeah i was i was impressed by that and you know what it was soothing it was soothing i'll admit my american conditioning my dependent conditioning i was like oh yeah it's war no one said anything about a war it's just real world events real it's world. over there we'll be fine we'll be fine Wow. Well, to stay out of the stay out of the left lane, you should avoid the real world events. <laughs> it be okay. I was like, whatever you do, don't uh, paint a large Z on the side of your uh, van. That's one thing I've learned. <laughs> That's funny, man. Sounds like All right. it sounds like you're ready. I'm ready. You know, I was thinking, Tom, uh, see if you're busy tomorrow. If you want to want to go to this Army Surplus store that's right down 45. <laughs> it's hard to say no to that. All right. I want to go. Can I want to go the recording while we make our plans for tomorrow. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, hey, uh, that is our episode today. Thank you so much again uh, for listening to After Later. Uh, he's uh, Tommy Drake. I'm John Watson. Uh, the way it works out, um, uh, the best way to reach Tommy for about um, podcast issues is to go to the Facebook uh, fan page. That's uh, After Later Podcast. Uh, uh, find us there, friend us there, share us around. We'll put. Uh, I'm going to put pictures from my trips uh, up on there. Uh, interesting articles that I think uh, relate to the kind of stuff that we talk about. And of course, if uh, you're listening at home and you've got an idea or something, a question or anything you want us to talk about here on the After Later podcast, guests that you might recommend, hit us up there on the, the Facebook page. And you can also say hi to Tommy. It's the best way to reach him uh, with his flip phone. I don't know if uh, <laughs> if that works. And for me, it would be uh, the Twitter page as well. Uh, After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R. One more thought. Uh, we did mention that people are probably listening in on every single conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to have a conversation that's completely private that you know very few people will hear you record it and publish it as a podcast yeah yeah it works out great for us uh instead of having so many members of the intelligence community uh listen in uh, we just post it and uh, get 150 that's pretty much the <laughs> we Which put out a shitty episode yeah we, we put out a shitty episode it gets about 150 best uh recording we've ever made about 150 about 150 150 <laughs> uh, so i guess that reminds me if you are one of the uh, the, the the elite the after later ends and we got to come up with a better name for that well, well i think once we get over 250 then we'll have to start naming them right now we'll yeah. just say humans yeah. I assume most of you are humans uh, go on, uh, leave us a comment and give us a rating on uh, on Apple, on Spotify, whichever uh, method you're using to digest your after laterness right now. We sure would appreciate that. Uh, other than that, uh, any uh, any parting words you want to say there, Tommy? Uh, that's about it, man. That's about it. I think this is uh, I think this is good. I'm glad that we got to have a have another conversation about important things. Right, we'll, we'll do it again soon. Till next time, 420 Wiener Balls, Boo Boo Lit Fam. <laughs> Carly was mad I didn't do it last time. <laughs>